0: impact 89 fm's own golf podcast this is the long drive welcome into the long drive impact 89 fm's own golf podcast we are broadcasting virtually for the summer as we are at home and away from the impact 89 fm studios on the campus of Michigan State University, I'm your host, Grace Goodlerick, joined by my co-host, Jack Ladderman. It's just you and me tonight, bro. How are we feeling?
1: Pretty good. Um, exciting week, another elevated event, great field. I think it's so it's great, great time to talk about golf. Amazing time Absolutely. to be a golf fan.
0: Getting uh really into the uh no point intended, the swing of the season for sure. Uh, we had a great week this last week, which we will cover coming up here first. Just a quick recap of what happened on the LPGA Tour this last week. It was the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give uh, in Belmont, Michigan, just outside of Grand Rapids. Uh, it was won by Leona McGuire with a winning score of minus 21 uh, excuse me she moves to six in the race for the cme globe which is a season-long points race on the pga or the lpga tour excuse me this week it is the kpmg women's pga championship springfield new jersey at baltus roll the lower course obviously holds many major championships for men's and women's professional golf last held the 2016 pga championship won by one jimmy walker so now moving to a couple Little bits of news here. There's not much that has come out uh, in the past week or so. Uh, Obviously, everything kind of overshadowed by the U.S. Open this last week. Obviously, congratulations to Wyndham Clark. We'll get to that coming up here in a little bit. But just uh, first few bits of news. The leaders of the PGA Tour, the Public Investment Fund, and Live Golf have been asked by the U.S. Senate, uh, predominantly Senator Richard Blumenthal, to testify before U.S. Senate on July 11th in terms of the new proposed merger between the PGA Tour, uh, the PIF, and Live Golf. All three parties have responded saying they will testify uh, during that July 11th hearing, so that's a pretty interesting bit of news there. As well as uh, Riviera Country Club uh, today was awarded the 2031 U.S. Open, so that will be their first time hosting the U.S. Open since I believe sometime in the 1940s or the 1950s, so congratulations to them. So now speaking of the US Open this last week it was an amazing week on the PGA Tour we had Wyndham Clark just pretty much blown away the field you know he you had everybody you had Rory in the, the mix on the back 9 on Sunday Ricky Fowler comes out shoots 62 on Thursday Xander Shoffley hey, shoots yeah. 62 on Thursday they're all in the mix the entire week and yet Wyndham Clark Very inspirational story in his own right uh, with his mother and the whole thing. Obviously, the broadcast covered it this week, this weekend, a lot uh, coming out and winning the U.S. Open. So let's break it down.
1: Yeah, amazing for Wyndham Clark. I think the door was left open, uh, I would say, Saturday and definitely Sunday for moments. There were a couple couple times where it's just like, how is Rory or Scotty not just going to birdie three holes and win this thing? Um, so I, I think it was great to see Wyndham win. Um, Rory again, so, so close. Um, but he just didn't have it on Sunday. Rory, Scotty, same thing. Xander on Saturday and Sunday was just abysmal. Ball striking mm-hmm. was just awful. Um,
0: yeah, it, I mean if Scotty Scheffler had his putter in the bag, I think he'd win damn near every tournament by five or six shots. That was another narrative this week. Um, um, What else? I mean, you had Rory. He made, I believe he made a, a, it was a cardinal sin mistake that he made on 16, the par five. He drives it left into the rough. He lays up. He's got like 100 yards in with a wedge, which from that distance, especially if you're a PGA Tour player, you should never miss the green. Yep. And you should probably put it within 10 feet and give yourself a pretty good look for birdie that you're on the PGA tour for a reason. That's what you should do. He misses it short in the bunker. He doesn't get up and down. He makes a six. That basically costs him the tournament right there. He was going to be forced to birdie either 17 or 18, which for context were like the two longest fishing, finishing holes in us open history. So that like, yeah. wasn't going to happen. So,
1: yeah. yeah and I, I, Saturday Sunday were really interesting. I thought Xander's melt was interesting, and then Fleetwood on Sunday just unbelievable round. And he missed the putt late to to make that even stronger. Min Woo and Tom Kim had outstanding weekends shooting up the board. I thought it, it was an interesting leaderboard. You talk about the live stuff. Cam Smith up yeah. there with DJ was up there for a lot of the yeah. um the weekend. Even I thought Brooks was a little a little shocking that he. Major Brooks wasn't really up there. But I think one of the main takeaways was the disappointment from a lot of the players and fans, wow. but a lot of the players just about the environment. Um, it was pretty dead, I thought. It was it was strange. I thought like the 18th hole, you could see people running um to the green and it and it looks like a cool environment, but especially Thursday, Friday, you could a couple players just spoke about how they were not not super pleased and didn't didn't think it felt like a US open.
0: Yeah, I think it was Brooks Kepka came, came out and pretty much – I mean, Brooks is always blunt. Like, Brooks is going to tell you how he feels and just not yep. mince his words whatsoever. And he said – he came out and he said, he's yeah, I pretty much hate this place. Yep. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick said it the same thing. The environment sucked. Honestly, watching it on TV, like, I, I – we both watch golf religiously. And it's like – watching the U.S. Open last year is at the country club. I hadn't been there in a long time. Is it Tory Pines in 2021? The last time it was there was when Tiger won in uh, 2008. There were no fans in 2020, 2019 at Pebble Beach. It was great. 2018 Shinnecock, like all the previous U.S. Opens that you you and I have watched on TV, like you can say, like yeah, that was a really good golf tournament. U.S. Open always has really good fans. This year sucked, honestly. Yeah. Like this yep. year. Like, I mean, not the golf per se, because these guys just went out and torched the course all week. I mean, I'm pretty sure the USGA always hopes to just really give these guys hell and they really didn't do that. I mean, if you've got guys going out there, not one, but two 62s on the same day, your course is setting up a little too easy, especially for a US Open. So it wasn't necessarily the caliber of golf that was played. And I mean, congratulations to all those guys that just went out and torched the course this week, like this last week. I mean, they played some amazing golf. But the fan atmosphere, it sucked. Um I thought the broadcasting was really great. I think NBC always does a really good job. I kind of wish Fox had it because I like listening to Joe Buck call golf. That's a pretty. Yeah, kind of, a I name. agree. A lot of people don't like Joe Buck, but I like listening to him call golf. Um, but yeah, it overall, just pretty much sucked.
1: Yeah, I think the the video and stuff was good. The announcers. There were some moments where I was just like, "Really, this is a U.S. Open," but yeah. in general. It was kind of strange to me, like Xander, there were a couple moments um, where he was just getting eaten by the course. And even Clark on uh, on Sunday had that one where he was in the, I don't know if it was the Barenka or whatever, but just completely, I don't know if he even hit the ball. Um, and then he chipped out and it was fantastic shot, but it was a little weird. Like there were some moments where it was like, okay, this is what's expected. And then there were others where it was just like this. Is, they said that the winning score could be four or under, uh, and two guys are shooting sixty twos. Like that's just not. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, it was, I mean, it was a weird dynamic,
0: not necessarily on Thursday and Friday because the same guys that were going out and shooting sixty two on Thursday morning, like Ricky and Xander did, they had to play on Friday afternoon when the marine layer wasn't there, when the course was firmer. Uh, more firm than they would have been accustomed to, obviously playing on Thursday morning and going out and just torching LACC. But it was a weird dynamic on the weekend. And I think it really proves like how much the weather comes into play on the PG tour, because the Marine layer was there in the morning and it wasn't necessarily there in the afternoon and it was a lot firmer. There was no rain it was just a fog that had settled over the golf course. And, I mean, on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, as well as Sunday morning, I mean, John Rom went crazy on Sunday. Tom Kim, I believe, was like – he shot 29 on the front nine oh. on Sunday, which that was amazing in a U.S. Open. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood shoots 63 on Sunday. Like, that is – and then you had – by the time the, the leaders teed off, which was five thirty Eastern time, two thirty Pacific. Which was awesome, by the way. I love that. That was movie. great. Oh yeah, yep. getting to watch. I mean, Jesus, it was
1: watching golf at ten thirty p.m.
0: Yeah, exactly. The it's... final putt dropped at eleven p.m. on the dot on Saturday night, and I mean, it, it, when other are you going to be able? Not even when the tour goes to like they're playing Pebble Beach uh, for the pro am, or they're playing Riviera, or they're playing, uh, like. Uh, Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines, it they, they never goes till 11 o'clock at night. You're never going to have your leaders tee off at 6.30 Eastern time or whatever it was on Saturday night. Like, that was great. That's a really alpha move by Oh yeah, definitely the USGA, yeah. NBC. They knew what they were doing. I mean, they knew that this, your Stanley Cup finals are over, your NBA finals are over. People can watch 162 games worth of baseball seven days a week. Like they knew that this was uh, their one shot to get primetime golf, and they did it. So, kudos to NBC, kudos to the USGA for that
1: setup. Yep, I'm curious, were there any guys you were really disappointed with? One for me, Speeth. Again, I had yeah. no reason. My two guys, Speeth and JT, last week, I was like, you know, I'm just feeling both these guys. Uh, I mean, that was the that was JT's not a
0: good feeling. Ride, JT's been riding a roller coaster the yep. whole season, and the predominant part of the roller coaster that he's been on is the downhill part. Um
1: 98% of it.
0: Yeah. So I I don't know what his – like he's just so inconsistent in every single facet of his game right now. And I hope it turns
1: around because he's a world-class
0: player, obviously.
1: He lost 10 strokes. Like strokes game. Just
0: <sighs> – Yeah, and I mean and – it, and it, it's hard minus, to watch. Minus 10 is it, a really, like, odd score to have to win a tournament. Because, I mean, it's either, like, you're going to get something that's crazy hard. Yeah. And like, probably the hardest course that the tour goes to every single year and not a major course is probably Bay Hill. Like, you can depend on the core, the winning score being probably mid-single digits under par. Five, six, seven, something like that. But minus 10, especially the U.S. Open, where it's not at, like, Pebble Beach, which is a course that the tour goes to every single year. Like, I don't know. I think – okay, it was definitely set up harder on the weekend, obviously, because you had Ricky that came out and shot eight under 62 on Thursday – and I believe he finished it like, minus six or something like that. So he plays his next three days two over. So it definitely was set up a lot tougher. But yep. you still had guys like Tom Kim, who had the unicorn round of shooting 29 on Sunday. And you had Tommy Fleetwood, who shot 63 on Sunday. Like, the USGA doesn't want to see stuff like that, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Uh,
0: like, it just – they don't want to see stuff
1: like that. And right? it seems like they – after the first round we're trying to like tuck pins in and make it more difficult, but it just wasn't, it didn't do much.
0: Yeah. Like I, I don't know. It was, I mean the course itself, like I think LACC seems like a cool venue. I mean, obviously like you're in, it's LA it's like one of the, like bougiest country clubs on the planet. So like, why would you not enjoy the course for what it is? But for U.S. Open, I just don't think it was there. Like, it nope. didn't live up to the hype, I think. I mean, especially with the fans and stuff. I believe it was uh Dan Rappaport tweeted on Sunday. He got some details, some insider information, if you will, about the ticketing for the week. And nope. it was basically they had, like, 23,000 four-day grounds passes, of which I believe – 14,000 were bought by the members and or family members. That's of what I saw. LACC leaving nine it was like 9,000 passes that were left just for the general public which So a lot of wealthy
1: people didn't want random fans on their course, so yeah. they made the environment dead basically.
0: Exactly. Which I fall I mean that is that's really frustrating because you look at places that hold us opens regularly that are private courses more times than not. And they willingly open their doors to right. right everybody. They're holding a major championship for God's sake. Like for the first time ever. Yeah. I mean, for the first time ever. And it was, I mean, it was, it wasn't LACC that was doing this. Right. It was their membership. And that's why it's always been one of the, it, it it's like the military base of country clubs where it's you can't infiltrate any of it they don't let you see the course they you can't come in the rules are extremely strict and although they've been trying to move towards an environment where they're relaxing some of those rules and allowing more people to see the course a la they held the the walker cup in 2017 yep. and the 2013 pack championships like The U.S. Open this year, obviously, there's still going to be that, like, okay, they just, the membership is, they they don't want people there, which I feel like you have to have the factor of allowing people to come watch the tournament willingly. Because one, you're going to generate revenue off of it. And two, it's going to look really good for you and probably going to get you another nod to host a US Open.
1: And that's what makes it so, it just makes the tournament so much better.
0: Yeah. I mean, other like you, I mean, the best fans, I, I think we talked about it after the PGA championship and Tim mentioned it. The best fans are at the PGA championship because, I mean, all the courses that the PGA goes to, the USGA also goes to and it just seems like the pga of america does a better job with their ticketing scheme and their fan policies whatever they've got in place i mean this week environment wise the course was cool but course wise for a u.s open i just don't think it was anybody's best effort totally yep. like
1: sleep and i think they the usga i think it's pretty clear uh like they've got to be looking back like we made some mistakes. I think it's it's pretty obvious to them that this was not their best, their best showing.
0: Like I think it was, it's definitely a good learning experience because if I remember correctly, I believe LACC has another U.S. Open coming up late, like early in the 2030s, I believe. I was going to
1: say, can they take that away? Like, I don't know.
0: I'm curious because I don't know because the PGA in twenty twenty two. Uh, Was supposed to be at Trump Bedminster and Trump Bedminster and took it to Southern Hills. So the PGA obviously has set the precedent for maybe you can remove a course from having a major championship. I mean, it doesn't really seem like they've got a lot of standing on the USGA side to remove LACC as a future US venue, except for the fact that everybody's complaining about it. Yeah, like so. I don't know. It it's interesting, but from the aspect of the fans and the course itself being set up for us open. I just don't think it was there.
1: Yeah. Yep. I agree.
0: uh, Yeah. What about, I mean, we haven't mentioned the winner yet. Wyndham Clark, like what a story there, the whole thing with him and Ricky on Sunday, they're battling back and forth Uh, Rory and I mean, once the guy wins, he's obviously a household name now. He's literally done yep. every single talk, pod, like talk radio show, studio show, podcast, whatever you could possibly get Wyndham Clark on. They've got him this week. So, what about him? Yeah, Ray- he's Ray- won. He's Clark- won two in Clark- four weeks.
1: That's another yeah. thing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he it's it wasn't his first win. I've seen people, and this might be an overreaction, but there's people saying could Wyndham Clark be what Scotty Scheffler is in a year? Like before Scotty won 37 events last year, he was like, I mean, he was good, but it's not like he was where he is now. And I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but like, I think he could be where like Victor Hovland or so that level. Um, But again, I mean, he, it was great to see. I was pretty surprised. I would have bet a lot of money that the winner was coming from Rory and Scotty's pairing um i i thought there were moments especially when he just completely duffed that one um i don't know if it was pretty late was it 14 or 15 i don't worry uh windham where he he was just in the in the side of the i don't know if it was baranga or whatever the whatever the surface was but just in the deep rough and he swung at it and just i don't know if he swung and missed or if it went like an inch yeah. but i was like oh he's done like this is it for windham just the way yeah, he, I think he I came remember, back,
0: and it was insane. I think I remember we were texting and talking about his first few holes on the back nine, and yep. I, the phrase that I used repeatedly was, damn, he's leaking oil bad. Yes, like he yes. Two or three bogeys right there in a row, and I'm like, yeah, he's going to lose it here because yep. you know that Rory's going to play even, if not one under his final four right. holes. So, like, I was like, yeah, Wyndham is – leaking oil bad like this could turn out really bad for him if he doesn't right the ship and he did i mean i think it was 15 or 16 he made clutch up and down and then just played his next few in even par right he did make par on 18 which was i mean not stress-free you're in the u.s open but it wasn't like he had to go out there and birdie yeah, that, that lag pot was for a playoff or something yeah he he, he had some sweat on that yeah. third part that he hit or that yeah. First putt that he hit, his third shot on the hole. But, yeah. So, overall, uh, iffy week at the U.S. Open. It was a great week to watch the players go out and play a brand-new course that we hadn't seen. Uh, But, overall, feel like we could see a lot more from the fans, from the USGA, from LACC. They have a golden opportunity this next year, though, to totally right the ship. I mean, they're going back to Pinehurst, which is – the cradle of American golf. So, I don't really think you can mess up a U.S. Open. Uh, the
1: expectations are going to be sky high.
0: Well, sky high. Because, yep. I mean, from this year, which everybody's kind of a little down on, last year was great at Country Club. Um, yeah, I really don't see there's, I really don't see how there's a way that USGA messes up a U.S. Open at Pinehurst. I don't think it right. can. I don't think it would be doing justice to the cradle of American golf. Right. Um, so, We'll see, but congratulations to Wyndham Clark. Obviously, he is in the field this week as we now transition to the Travelers Championship. It is the last of the four events that were elevated to elevated event status on the PGA Tour uh, this year. The others being uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the RBC Heritage, and one that I'm forgetting. I don't know why uh and the travelers championship was yeah. the last of the four um oh the wells fargo that was the third excuse me also won by Wyndham. one by yep, yep 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 travelers championship so this week pretty uh pretty much like a unicorn week on the pga tour tpc river highlands was shortest course on the pga tour so it's obviously going to require a lot of uh pre- precision uh accuracy not very paramount on distance the defending champion is Xander Shoffley. who was one of three wins for him on the PGA tour last year. And the Travelers Championship, always known for offering opportunities to a lot of the up-and-coming guys on the PGA tour. Obviously, it's a designated event. The top eight players in the world are all scheduled to play world number one, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, obviously. Uh, so it's a loaded field, obviously for an elevated event, Everybody's required to play it, or else you lose your pit money if you don't provide an injury designation. So let's get right into it. Obviously, like I said, TPC River Highlands, what do we have on the course? like what what do we got? This is an interesting tournament, to say the least.
1: yeah, Poa seen- Ho- uh, greens, which is is not super common, um which which I think might play a role. It's a beautiful environment i love the north the northeast trees and nature and everything i think it's going to be amazing. i love watching this tournament because yeah it is
0: exactly that when you think connecticut you think okay it's somewhat on the eastern like the the east coast i mean obviously but you think just pretty flat like not a lot of undulation but when you watch golf at tpc river highlands like it is a rolling hills type thing that's the name river highlands it's right on the river there um and there are a lot of pretty
1: notable notable
0: elevation changes.
1: Yep, on the course. Yep, uh, it's it's short, like you said, but accuracy hitting off the tee does matter. Um, it's not short to the point where you just scrap like tee degree and off the tee numbers and stuff. So accuracy is going to matter, but like you said, it's a kind of a shot for a lot of young guys to do well. It's a bit of a mishmash. Just the last like five to 10 years of champions um, in top tens, even like Xander last year wins. And you have guys like Willie McGirt, Ches Reeve like guys like that uh, in there. Cheston Hadley, names like that. So it's a bit of definitely stars and scrubs kind of kind of atmosphere, which I think is fun to watch. I think it's really cool yeah, to see. Yeah, you yeah. see Xander in a group with Michael He's I can't say that. Whatever. But like, that's just exciting, I think, to, to see groups like that. And, again, this is where Sahith just totally melted uh, last year.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to get, like, yeah, you mentioned the the winners there. And, I mean, the winners have been, honestly, like, pretty puzzling. Like, you've got Xander, who's a pretty solid tee to green guy, winning last year. Harris English, who doesn't hit the ball far at all, doesn't really hit it that accurate. <laughs> Excuse me. Doesn't really hit it at a very accurate clip. Uh, wins in 2021 in the longest PGA tour, the longest playoff yep. in PGA tour history against Kramer Hickok. Um, DJ wins in 2020 over
1: Kevin Streelman, which is yeah,
0: like who I mean, DJ is a unicorn off the tee, uh, and the greatest, one of the greatest players of our generation for sure. Um, but you know he's a guy he mashes it like he's not known. He's a bomb and gouge type of guy, and those aren't really traditionally historically the guys that play well here yeah. uh 2019 Ches reason Chez. one of yep. those guys that just fits the course you would think 2018 bubba he's a shot shaper he's carving shots like 17 speed with his bunker magic and the whole daniel Berger playoff thing um so yeah an interesting mix of winners over the last six to seven years to say the least um so i i mean it's, it's a elevated event so that means there's obviously a some great featured groups. So let's just go ahead, pull those up right now as the PGA tour has posted those on their Instagram page. We will go ahead, get those up right now. There's a handful of them, some really big names, obviously grouped together. So round one, seven 15 AM Eastern time. That's a really early wake up call on Thursday morning for those guys. We got Patrick Cantlay paired with 2021 champion, Harris English, as well as the aforementioned Sahih Figala. who plays the best in this group.
1: So we talked a little before the show about Harris English. I have been looking at Harris English a lot and cannot really get a read. He has excellent form, played really well last week. I don't Obviously, think you can ever get a read on what he's going to do. That's be told. true. That he just kind
0: of shows true. up and plays yep. well and
1: just goes. Horse history his- is fantastic, yes. but stats wise, abysmal. But... He seems to play well here. So so that's one where I don't really know. I'll let you touch on that. Sahith to me. Um uh, I think that his sack T two last year is gonna put a lot of people on him. I think he could he could play well, but he's so popular this week, and I don't think it fits him that well. I think he sprays it off the T too much. I'm a little scared of him just totally dinging it all left and right and just putting himself in bad positions. But again, he, he killed it last year um so that could be an interesting one can for me i think he's just so consistent and i'm just sitting and waiting for can to win an event it's just been the consistent boring between fifth and fifteenth basically so i'm just yeah. sitting and waiting um for his his win to come i think it could be this week
0: yeah i i'm off Gal this week i mean i think it's gonna be he the guy's a, he's a scrambler like that's what he's known for that's what he does well <clears throat> um but I think with some of these – like the, the way that River Highlands is going to compensate for the lack of distance is having some pretty tricky green complexes, and they always have. And I think that it's going to take the best scrambler in the world to try and win this week. And I don't necessarily know if Saigal is that guy. Uh, I think Harris – excuse me. I think Harris English could be. He was in 2021. That's going to foreshadow my one-and-done pick with Harris English this week. I like him. Um in a, a world where distance isn't necessarily paramount, but you have to have some sort of accuracy with it, with every single club that, that's standard for every club in your bag, I think Harris English was your guy. And I think the 10 this week, Cantley, uh, pretty good course history. Guy's a horse for the course for sure. So interesting yep. one there. Ten minutes after them, round one, 7.25 Eastern time. Xander Shoffley, defending champion, paired with, Keegan Bradley and winner a few weeks ago at Colonial Emiliano Grio. Who do we like?
1: Yeah, this is a weird group to me. Uh, yeah, Rio, there? I I'm not feeling Grio this week. Obviously he won. um, but I just his around the green and putting is just not there. Keegan is one that I think is interesting out east um could be a crowd favorite. It's not Massachusetts, but, you know, it's still New England. I think Xander coming off his win is obviously the. The play in this group. I think Keegan could be interesting. His approach has been shaky, but besides that, I think Keegan could be okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Emiliano Grillo winning a few weeks ago makes him a little bit more of an intriguing pick this week, but I think Xander's pretty much just the guy you gotta go with. I mean, yep. he's a teeter to green guy, pretty average putter. I think he's got what it takes to maybe make a run at it this week. Round 1, 7.35 Eastern time, and right after them, the Defending U.S. Open champion Wyndham Clark paired with Max Homa, who missed the cut. Justin Thomas, who missed the cut this last week. A lot of guys were high on him. They were also drunkenly commentating the final round over a bottle of Merlot, I believe, on Sunday afternoon, which was pretty good Twitter content to see. Nonetheless... what, what.
1: Absolutely. I loved it. I oh, wish yeah, they yeah, I mean when you, I wish they had a little Manning cast going. It was I thought it would have been exciting. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, a little off the beaten path that we're talking about here, yes. but like when you get guys that just let their guards down on the tour, it's awesome to see because when you see them playing golf on TV, like one, a lot of people think golf is like watching paint dry, yes. which obviously is not the case, but to the masses, that's what they would say. Um but when you just get guys like Max Homa, who's on Twitter, I mean, like he's comedy gold on Twitter. JT pretty like normal dude, you know, like when you just get guys that are just normal and let their guards down and they're just guys being dudes and just, they're not all like locked up and just have their walls up. Like they're playing golf like all the time when you get that. I mean, it really, I think helps people get into the game of golf because yeah, I mean, when you got Max Homa who's sitting there on his third glass of Merlot on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> basically calling that Wyndham Clark is going to win the U.S. Open at minus 10, one shot over Rory McIlroy. You think, one, this guy's a genius, and two, he's funny as hell because like he's just being a normal and guy he called it. golf on a Sunday afternoon, and he called it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that was great content from those two watching it together. But obviously, huge week for them here, elevated event, the last one of the season before we've got a couple – Smaller events, uh, and then our last major, the open championship, and then the playoffs. So huge week for these guys. Who do we like? This group.
1: Yeah, I didn't really know that they were friends. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I think it's cool that they're in this group together. Wyndham Clark's the one I'm off. I think uh he may not have slept this single minute. He's been on every show, no. he's been on every
0: I uh, would probably bet that he didn't even cause yeah, I mean this just creates another again off of off-topic thing that we're going to talk about but with the travelers being in east hartford connecticut and the u.s open being the previous week in los angeles it creates a logistical nightmare for these guys because you have to finish playing on sunday afternoon sunday morning sunday afternoon what have you you have to go back to your hotel or go back to your airbnb pack everything you have to make it through however many hours sitting in LA traffic to get to the airport, to return your courtesy vehicle or take the Uber to the airport or whatever. And then you have to fly all the way across the country and just repeat it all again. You probably don't get in until if you flew right after the tournament, really early Monday morning, yep. you either stayed the extra night in LA and you got to fly on Monday. That means you miss a day of practice probably, or you get there like late in the afternoon and you, maybe you can go hit some balls and then you got to play, Eighteen holes on Monday and then nine on Tuesday and then you got to play the pro am Wednesday and then you're playing golf again in a totally different yep. golf course. So it creates just a logistical nightmare. Wyndham Clark probably is not like you said. He's probably on like a three day bender by now. Has not slept a wink. Um, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I don't know what.
1: Yeah, I, I think of this week. Like, I'm shocked he didn't WD. I assume a lot of it is because it's an elevated event.
0: Yeah, and, I mean he definitely. It was like John Rahm winning the Masters. Like he. Yep. I feel like he's taking the John Rahm approach where he thinks, I mean, an ode to him. I mean, it's a, it's a total good guy move. And I love to see right. it. Where they feel that they owe the golf world and owe the sporting world. They committed to this event and they're going to stick to their commitment, which I love. That's great. You, you have to honor guys yeah. like that. Like yeah. those are good 100%. guys.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I, I, I think it is interesting. Some guys that missed the cut, I know Homa and Thomas definitely did not uh, fly to Connecticut early. But, you know, some guys that missed the cut or didn't play last week. It's something to think about. I think Homa and Thomas are, are interesting. Homa more interesting than Thomas. Thomas obviously has just something's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, as stupid as I am, I am back on Justin Thomas this week. He, he's His best surface is Poe up by a long shot. And uh, he it's just what kills me and gets me back on Justin Thomas week after week is just knowing what he could do. And he's just capable of of winning this event. And that's what kills me. So I'm on Justin Thomas. But again, he'll probably go 14 over and miss the cut. Homa, same sort of thing. Form is bad, (laughs) just like Justin Thomas. But Poa, great surface for him. He just was horrible around the green uh, at the open. But besides that, like T to green off the tee, he was okay. So that's uh, he's his form. He has not ever made a cut at the Travelers. over four. Um. So, yeah. I, look, thinking more about it, you should probably not like Homo or Thomas. But um, there are also yeah. guys that are young, talented, exciting to watch. Like they could come out and win, and no one would be that shocked.
0: Yeah, I – See, there is that factor too. Like, I feel like it's, this is literally like you've been on a hell of a losing streak on the blackjack table and you're going to go into the casino on a given night. And you're like, man, tonight is the night. Like I can just feel it. Like it is there. I've been on a hell of a cold streak. Tonight is the night. Like it's there. I feel like that's exactly what you're thinking and talking about with Max Homa and Justin Thomas right now like i've been saying week been, after week though it's these <laughs> guys have been losing on the tables figuratively the entire season and like this week is just maybe so the week i mean it's not necessarily max homa the whole season but jt the whole season for sure like this could be the week where they just figuratively walk into the casino and just light up the table like they could just go out there and win the tournament either of them this week, right. but then there's also like the 95% chance that they just blow up. And JT goes out and shoots like 75 on a 6,800 yard course, right. which I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's just a little thing to throw out it there. Very possible. Yeah. Also Jim Furyk holds the course record in the lowest round in PGA tour history at 58 on this track. So like, you can go crazy low on any given day at this place. So there is that, too, for all of these guys that are out there. Moving to the next group, uh, off round two, 7.15 a.m. Eastern time, Matt Fitzpatrick paired with Colin Morikawa and one of the guys that tied the uh, lowest round in major championship history last week, Ricky Fowler, 7.15 a.m., Eastern round two off early Friday morning. Who do we like? A little bit of an interesting pairing here, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to watch this group.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I think Fitzpatrick is interesting. His form is pretty good. Three straight top 20s. Played quietly, pretty decent last week. Wasn't wasn't amazing, but pretty decent. Um, he's been really good T to green, and that's that's something I like this week. So I'm I'm on Fitzpatrick. Morikawa, I think, is gonna be the most popular. That guy this whole week he uh, this is Morikawa's course in my opinion I think he could could go off Ricky's I mean I kind of am just thinking oh he's gonna have an off week he's gonna have an off week Ricky just consistently is is in tournaments so that's another name I think this group is really exciting and all three of these guys could could really be in it on Sunday and I wouldn't be shocked
0: yeah exactly I mean I the one that I'm least on this week is Fitzpatrick um, for various reasons. He had a pretty good showing at the Canadian Open a few weeks ago, which I feel is going to be a very comparable course to yep. River Highlands. Um, that's okay. Besides winning the RBC Heritage, I, you haven't seen anything from him this year. No real substantial evidence as to this guy is one of the most elite golfers on the planet. Uh, I think this is Kyle Morikawa's week to break out of a slump. Though. I really like him out of this group. Yep. The guy obviously hasn't won anything in almost two years, which was the Open Championship, Royal St. George's 21. Uh, and before that, he had been lighting the world on fire. Everybody thought that he was the next best thing. Um, so I think this could be his week. I like him out of this group. Round 2, 725 AM Eastern Time. This is the big dogs of this okay. tournament. John Rahm paired with Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau. This is the Bombers paradise group of which this is not a bomber's ballpark this week. So really interested to see how these guys fare. What do you have?
1: What do you, what do you like as stupid as it sounds? I'm off Scheffler. I just, he consistently is in tournaments, but he consistently is not hitting the putts that he needs to close tournaments. I think Rom had a, for Rom standards, a pretty bad week last week. Just consider all things considered. He didn't really compete, but he's just so consistent with his approach and I think he can really putt and score this week. Finao I'm totally off. I think his, his distance is a real strength for him and he's, he's not really going to be able to have it. His course history as well. is just not, not great. So um, yeah, I'm, I like Rom this week. Scotty could win by eight strokes though. Yeah.
0: See, I like Finau this week because uh, coming out of this group, I mean, I just think John Rahm is. I don't know. Has John Rahm ever played this
1: course? I don't ever really remember. He, he has, but it's it's. Let me let me pull up his. Really I don't well. really they ever remember
0: John Rahm playing and having a good finish at the. Travis so so for
1: his standards, it's been horrible. Two thousand fifteen, sixty fourth, sixteen, twenty fifth, twenty twenty, thirty seventh.
0: Yeah, like I and the only reason he played it in twenty twenty was because it was one of the very few tournaments that they played after the COVID restart. Yep. So I I don't know, I like Tony Fino this week. Tony Fino has showed shown uh why it, it, it he's won at a bunch of different ballparks so far. Uh he won at the Rocket last year, which is a very comparable which the tour will be coming to uh our home state of Michigan next year next week. Um, but Tony Fina won there last year and River Highlands is probably going to play a lot like what the Detroit Golf Club is going to play yep. like next week so yep. I like Tony Fina this week I mean yeah the guy mashes it but he's also fairly accurate too so I like him this week out of this group. Round 2 7.35 a.m. Eastern Time Victor Hovland paired with Roy McElroy and Tom Kim Uh Tom Kim's week maybe. Tom Kim.
1: yeah. I, I love Hovland this week too. I love everyone in this group. Tom Kim, it's just so. I dude, he is so good for the tour. I love Tom Kim. Yeah. I I want to just get a life size Tom Kim fat head. He's just. I just like. I look at him. He's always smiling so big. He's having so much fun. Just so fun to watch. And Rory is Rory. And yeah. Victor Hovland, ball striking wise off the tee is one of the best in in golf. This uh, this is going to be a great pairing to watch.
0: See, I was just thinking about that because you said Rory is Rory and that was exactly what was running through my head too. Like this is literally like the fourth or fifth week in a row that Rory has played on the tour, which is extremely yeah. rare to see any superstar play four or five weeks in a row on the PGA Tour. Uh but I mean he it doesn't matter. Like he is at this moment right now probably chilling with his feet up on the couch with a glass of wine in his hand because he is exhausted, both yes. mentally and physically. And he's about ready to play four days of championship golf again. He is exhausted right now. I can guarantee that he's flown from Florida to Ohio to Canada to L.A. to Connecticut in a span yep. of like four weeks. He's drained, but – He could go out and win the tournament this week because he's Rory McIlroy. But I like Tom Kim this week, Victor Hovland. He's obviously a really good pick this week. They all do everything really well, except for Tom Kim doesn't hit it far. Uh, Which doesn't matter this week. It doesn't matter this week necessarily as much. So that is the last of the future groups that we will uh, get into in preparation for the Travelers Championship. That moves us, us to our one and done uh, the picks this last week were a little hit and miss. John Rom uh, was Jack's pick. Uh, taken uh, <clears throat> excuse me, finishing tied for tenth, making four hundred thirty five thousand eighteen dollars for a total of five million one hundred and ninety one thousand three hundred sixty two dollars. Tim took Scotty Scheffler, never a bad pick, necessarily finished third. made one million four hundred thirteen thousand four hundred thirty dollars. Tim has broken three million dollars. Uh, for the first time this season, and comes in at three million seven hundred thirty-one thousand three hundred fifty-three dollars. Nick takes a hometown boy, Max Homa, who misses a cut. Nick's made a total of three million eight hundred fifty-three thousand six hundred seventy-six dollars. I took Victor Hovland, who finished nineteenth, solo nineteenth, made two hundred fifty-eight thousand six hundred sixty-two dollars, and uh, I have made a total of seven million fifteen thousand dollars and f- seven million fifteen thousand thirty dollars. Uh, So who do we have this week?
1: I'm going Cantlay, who I talked about before. I just think he's so consistent off the tee. Approach is good. He can putt well. His game's just so consistent. And I'm just sitting and waiting for Patrick Cantlay to win an event. Um, And I think this could be it.
0: Yeah. yeah, He's a horse for the course. I mean, it seems like he always plays well here. Seems like he always plays well at Memorial. It seems like he always plays well here. Like there's Patrick Cantlay type courses out on the PGA Tour. This is definitely one of them. This week. So the other two members of our podcast that can be with us tonight, Tim and Nick, Tim taking to gala had a super high finish uh, last year at the travelers championship. Tim's high on him this week, Nick taking Tommy Fleetwood playoff loser a few weeks ago at the Canadian open shoot 63 in the final round on Sunday at the U S open to have some really good mojo heading into this week. Me, I'm heading back to uh, guys with really, really good course history that may not, really fit the bill of looking like an elite PGA Tour right now, PGA Tour player right now, but could very well play like it this week. I already talked about it earlier in the show, Harris English, you know, winner in 2021. The guy has substandard stats, as many can see. He is not too hot off the tee. He's not too hot on the approach. He can putt very well, though. And I think if he can mix everything together, he doesn't need to hit it. It's not like he needs to mash it this week. It's not like he right. needs to... Right. Hit every single green. He's a good scrambler, and he's a good putter. Very above average on the PGA Tour. Uh, So I like Harris English this week. He's my one-and-done pick. That leads us to our three guys to make the cut, our mortal lock, one guy to finish in the top ten. Who do we have this week?
1: I'm starting with Adam Shank, who has had really bad course history here, but in general has been playing well. Uh, Two top tens in his last three starts. I think he has what it takes to make the cut and probably top 40. He's good par fives, which is scoring is going to matter here, and pretty decent ball striking. Second, I am going Brian Harmon, who had a really good finish uh, here he last year. Great. Yep. He played and great here last year and last week, too. Yes, he did, and yeah. he had a great weekend. Um, stats, again, sort of like like English, not not great. His putting sets are good, but approach is pretty bad. Um, but in general, I think he has what it takes. And then Tim's Tim's boy, Sepp Straka. I am in love with Sepp Straka this week. I don't know what's going on. His stats are amazing. His approach is fantastic. His putting's really good off the tee. Um, he he missed the cut at the open. Um, but sixteenth at Memorial, he's been playing well. I I really like him. He's got a tenth here in twenty twenty one. Um, so yeah, Sepp Straka, I love him this week. And I'm going fits to top ten. I'm really feeling the ball striking. Um, and his his putter's been been really hot.
0: Yeah, he's a good ball
1: striker. He's putting well. Like I said, he had a pretty good finish
0: a few weeks ago at the Canadian Open, which I feel is I feel Oakdale is going to be pretty similar to what River Highlands plays like this week. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, my three guys to make the cut. I'm going with guys that fit the bill of they're not too far but very accurate not too long but very accurate and they can putt really well Uh, guy that a lot of people are really high on this week I like Russell Henley to make the cut uh, and I'm pairing him with a couple good iron players and one really good putter the putter Taylor Moore winner this last, or winner a few months ago at the Valspar obviously putted lights out that week you know Brook is a pretty uh definitely distance first type course but he put everything together i think he can put it all together this week to make a cut tom hoagie one of the best iron players on the pga tour he's top five stroke scan approach i love that this week he can do everything else pretty uh standard what it takes to contend from time to time on the pga tour so i think he throws it all together to make the cut this week top 10 i'm going with the 2019 champion Ches Reavy. Uh, this was one of two PGA Tour wins for him, and he put everything together that week to really get it all working. You know, he's always been a really, really accurate driver of the golf ball. He's always hit a lot of greens. He's always putted pretty well. Um, so he plays the more traditional type of golf instead of like a bomb and gouge type approach. And I think moving That, in that into works play- here. Yeah, moving the needle towards a traditional-type approach rather than a bomb-and-gouge-type approach this week is going to benefit you more than it is going to hurt you. So I like Ches Reby to uh, finish in the top 10. Our favorite prop bets for this week, we got a handful written down here. Let's go. What do we have? Uh,
1: I'm starting with my favorite two-glover, Aaron Rye. Plus 11,000 to win. He, I had him to top 10. Uh, was it in Canada? I believe it was in Canada.
0: Yeah, I think he played or- well Wells there. Fargo? I
1: think it was Canada. But I, I had him the top ten oh. he played he played real well. Um I'm back on that. I think he he ball strikes well. He's kind of a no putter, but um besides putting, he's great. Adam Shank, the top five. I've talked about him already. That is plus four thousand. I like his stats. I like his the way he's playing. Morikawa to win plus twenty five hundred. Um we we both agree on Morikawa that I think this could be this could be his week for sure. And yeah, this, if he could
0: if he can get the putter going a little bit, yeah. I think he wins it.
1: Yeah, I I'm taking a flyer plus uh, I believe it's ninety thousand Morikawa to hole in one. Not sure why, but I'm just uh, yeah, I think I mean, Morikawa he's like
0: has iron, he's one of the best iron players on the right. tour. So. Um,
1: and then Justin Thomas just throwing five dollars down into the toilet. Justin Thomas to win 60000 uh, sixty thousand, plus sixty.
0: Wait, 000. six sorry, six six thousand and a JT outright win. Isn't that uh,
1: that's surprising? That's a high number. I really of feel that
0: those odds are only because his name is Justin Thomas. If they, you think if it should be higher, look, if well, if they were to look at his body of work so far this year, I don't think he deserves to be plus six thousand to win this tournament. To be totally honest with you, in Vegas, I. Maybe the odds makers know something I don't. Maybe they've done more research than I have. But just watching golf the way that I've watched it this year, Justin Thomas has not impressed anybody. Uh, and I don't know if he necessarily deserves to be plus 6,000 to win this tournament. But if Justin Thomas and- at plus
1: 6,000 is the highest you're ever going to get Justin Thomas.
0: That's very true. That's very true. Um, but he could go out and win it. and Or go 15 over. So or yeah, and just totally flip the narrative on what he's been doing this entire season. But we don't know. Uh, my my picks this week, well, not necessarily picks. Um, my bets this week are I, I like them. They're foreshadowing a lot. Well, they're a lot about what the, we have already talked about on this podcast. We've mentioned Patrick Cantley. We've mentioned Tom Kim. We've mentioned Victor Hovland. We. All uh, both of us believe that all three of these guys are horses for the course, they're ball strikers, they can putt well, they can throw everything together. I like any two of the aforementioned trio of Patrick Cantley, Tom Kim, and Victor Hoblin to finish top 10. That is on the books right now in Vegas at plus Great 220. Odds. I feel like those are some pretty good odds to get.
1: Uh, fantastic odds, I think those are, those those really, are really good. odds. odds. Yeah.
0: Yes, you put it well. Fantastic odds for any two of th- this trio to finish in the top 10, I think all three are capable to go out and maybe even win the tournament. The winning score would be over 259 and a half shots at plus 100. So par for this entire week would be plus 280. If you were to go out and shoot even all four rounds, it'd be plus 280. It's par 70 golf course. I like over 259 and a half shots. You know, a lot of guys are saying this is going to be a wedge fest. It's a really short course, but you look at it and River Highlands compensates for it. The lack of distance at this course, because they set up some tough green complexes, you have to find the fairway on certain holes or you are going to be penalized very much so. So they compensate for the lack of distance. This always plays to like between a minus 14 to minus 18 type of golf course. I think it's going to be the same this week. So I like the winning score over 259 and a half shots at plus 100 on the books. I, agree. I also like to be decided in a playoff plus 400 on the books. One of the most memorable playoffs, two of the most memorable playoffs in recent PGA tour history have taken place at this event, 2017, Jordan Speeth versus Daniel Berger. It was Spieth's, uh bunker hole out for birdie to win the tournament you know, him and Michael Greller with the whole chess bomb that is obviously still replayed in the minds of millions of golf fans across the United States and across the world. And in 2021, the longest playoff in PGA tour history between Harris English and Kramer Hickok lasting eight holes. So I do like this week to be decided in a playoff. So before we sign off anything else, any other thoughts before This week, looking forward to some good golf, for sure. It's our last elevated event. And then we've got Rocket. We've got, uh, I believe, 3M Open. And then the Open Championship. And then you go right into the playoffs. So it's it's a a great
1: time for golf. We're still in the thick of it.
0: This is getting down to the nitty gritty for a lot of guys, for sure. Yep. Obviously, the top 70 only make the playoffs this year. We're accustomed to the top 125. So, yeah, this is going to be a great week.
1: Real quick. Is Wyndham Clark on the Ryder Cup now? I don't know. Let's uh, look up the standings. I I think – but just just like in general, I think he has to be.
0: Uh, Yes, I can see that. Winning an elevated event and – a major in the same season is He's probably going to put you on the team. Harris English was a captain's pick in 2021 and he won the tournament of champions and the travelers. Right. He won two times on the PGA tour and they weren't even necessarily what would be considered elevated events. He just won that U.S. Open. What, what would have been considered elevated events right. and Harris English made the team over. Right. And the other guy that got snubbed in 2021 was Kevin Kisner who didn't really do a lot that year, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think Wyndham Clark, you can probably safely put him in the conversation for making the Ryder Cup team this year for sure. Yep. So, yeah, congratulations to him. Obviously, it's going to be a great week for golf. The last of the elevated events at the Travelers Championship, TPC River Highlands, Hartford, Connecticut. Go ahead and make sure to tune in this week. And thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of Impact 89FM's other podcasts. This has been The Long Drive on Impact 89FM.